What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and TV show of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today we're back with our review for The Witcher Season 1. On today's review, I'm going to be looking at episodes 4, 5, and 6, so if you have not watched any of those episodes and you plan on doing so, then you probably should push pause, go watch them, and come back uh, so that way we can talk about the episodes or if you just don't really give a shit and you want to hear my thoughts on just these next three episodes then by all means continue forward but that is your warning and your only warning so here last week or actually two weeks ago let me rephrase that I started a new thing with surfing the stream we are going to be looking at different TV series uh, we're gonna be focusing on episodes of a particular series once a week so uh, I wanted to watch season two of the Witcher Patreon voted for it, so I am reviewing the first season, and then I will be reviewing the second season as well, and I've broken them up into small little chunks uh, for me personally, that's just the best way to, to review it, and it's kind of easy for y'all to digest it as well if you're going to kind of follow along with me, uh, so episode one of the review series, I did episodes one, two, and three, and then this week, four, five, and six, and then next week... I'm going to finish off Season 1 by watching Episodes 7 and 8 with the Season 1 complete finale episode as well. So go ahead and finish off the season if you're following along with me. Otherwise, just wait for the next episode to come out next week where I give you my final review of the entire season as a whole. I will, I, I'm giving each individual episode a, a numerical value, a, a, a rating and then I'm just going to take the the average of all that, and that's going to be the average score of the whole season. I feel like that's the best way to, to kind of rank and rate them and whatnot. Uh, definitely interested in Season 2, which is why I put this up for vote originally. Uh, but there are some other shows out there that I, I do want to review. Vikings, uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things just came out with a new season, so I would love to go back and kind of revisit that. Maybe, maybe that's the next series. I don't know. It's all up to Patreon, which is... You can go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers, and you get access to our Discord channel where you can vote on all of the content that we put out each and every week. It is basically up to Patreon uh, every single week, guys. I, I kind of just put up things that I don't mind talking about, and they just vote on what they want, and that's what they get. Uh, so, patreon.com slash two game. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters. Carmen Paradixio, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsey Humble, Michael King, uh, Casey Pye, Christina Lambeau, Brian Slash, Corey Costa. We appreciate y'all supporting us at that $20 tier each and every month. Without y'all, we would not be able to do this, so thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and start off this review. We are going to be talking about episode number four, and that is of Banquets, Bastards, and Burials. In 1240, having served Adern for 30 years, Yennefer is escorting a queen when they are ambushed by an assassin. The assassin follows them through multiple portals, uh, killing the queen. Although Yennefer escapes with her newborn daughter, she finds that the baby had died in her arms. And then in 1249, Geralt accompanies uh, Dandelion to the Bethothral feast of Princess Pavetta, Queen Calanthe's daughter. This knight uh, interrupts the uh, the feast to demand Pavetta's hand through the law of surprise, having saved her father's life several years earlier. He suffers from a curse that transformed him into like a hedgehog man creature, 
And despite Pavetta's acceptance, Calanthe refuses and a brawl ensues. When Calanthe tries killing the knight, Pavetta activates her power, unleashing a maelstrom until Geralt and Mausak intervene. Wanting her daughter happy, Calanthe marries the two, which lifts uh, Dunny's curse. Dunny, thankful for Geralt's aid, insists he take a reward. So Geralt jokingly invokes the law of surprise for something he has but does not yet know. The crowd then immediately learns Pavetta is pregnant with his child, uh, Cirilla. In 1263, Nilfgaard's forces resume their pursuit of Cirilla with Malsak as their prisoner. So, episode four uh, of Banquets, Bastards, and Burials, I give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's a great episode. There are still some issues that I have with the overall series that really just holds it back for me. And I, I will dive into that a little bit more with the uh, the finale episode Uh kind of talking about all the episodes as a whole. Uh, but I do like what they're doing with Geralt here. I do like what they're doing with Yennefer here. Cirilla, Siri, nay. I absolutely hate any time that Siri is on, on, is on screen. I just, I dislike that storyline so much. And it's really what's holding back uh, the, the story for me, holding back this series. Uh, we do get some more insight into kind of the three main characteristics of Geralt, which is food, sex, and money. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with those three characteristics, just saying. Uh, we get the first of Geralt's bath scenes in this episode. Uh, Calanthe, I, I had mentioned, I don't remember what episode it was. It was probably the first episode, second episode. I was like, eh, she's not really that interesting. I, I, I'm not. I don't know if it's the the, the writing or if it was the uh, the acting, but she is definitely more interesting uh, in this particular episode. And I don't know. Maybe that's because Geralt is involved. Anytime Geralt is is on screen, anytime Henry Cavill is on screen, I am 100% invested. Like I just want more of Geralt, and I don't know. If that's just because Henry Cavill just looks like he looks, or if it's just because I just prefer that character over over Calanthe. I don't really know, but I'm going to go ahead and lean towards maybe it's the looks and whatnot, guys, okay? And then same for Siri. I'm still not fond of that story, uh, but I kind of do find the, the situation more interesting, but it, it's more so where it goes from here, not necessarily what she's doing in this particular episode because of she's in the Brokolon Forest, which sounds like Something from Zelda, honestly. She's in this forest, and honestly, I hate every moment that she's in this forest. But what they're doing with Mousesack and trying to track her location and whatnot, I'm I'm okay with that. Like I can I can suffer through it a little bit. Uh, but her storyline just so far has just been so uneven. And then as far as Jennifer, we kind of start off the episode with her where she's just portal jumping. It's almost kind of like Doctor Strange, honestly. And I was. I really, really loved that aspect of her story. But a nice little tidbit that we learn is this is 30 years later from the last time we saw Yennefer. Uh, she mentions having cleaned uh, political messes for the last 30 years. So a huge, huge time jump uh, between the last episode that we saw her and this episode. So it pushes her a lot closer to the actual timeline of Geralt. Uh, but like I said, I really love the uh, Doctor Strange portal jumping scenes. Uh, it just gave Yennefer some action while also showing like another side of her character. Like if you say some fucked up shit to her about her being like, useless or anything, she will give you a middle finger and she will make sure that uh, she screws you over and you die. 
and we get some further development of Geralt's like Batman like code where he's only after monsters. He's not even after people that even look like monsters because you know, they might be cursed or whatever. Uh, regardless who orders him to to kill or whatever, he's not about to do that because they're not monsters. He he has a strict code. He's kind of a black and white kind of guy. There's no gray area. It either is or it's not. And I, I love that aspect of his character. And it's kind of like a, just a no bullshit kind of character. And that's kind of why I relate to him so much. Because I feel like I I kind of gravitate towards that type of personality. Like, guys, it I, no bullshit. Either is or it's not. And that's kind of how Geralt is. And it's, they're further developing than that. And I get it that they've been kind of showcasing that in every single episode. But it's nice to just kind of keep on mentioning it, keep on developing it, and pushing that character forward, which they're doing a very good job of so far. Then we get this little, like, dope-looking sword fight in the dining hall. Really great sequence, by the way. I wish they would have more sword fights in this series. Up to this point, episode four, uh, I think we've had just a few sword fights, and nothing has really come close to episode one. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I, I love the the fluidity of the sword fight and the choreography of especially Geralt. Everybody else is kind of like, eh, it's, it's okay. But Geralt with his fluid like motions of, of the sword and whatnot, just super fucking cool, honestly. So, uh, yeah, dope looking scene. And then one thing that, uh, it was a line that got said in the actual episode that I'm just like, bro, that just hit, that just hits me at home. And it's destiny helps people believe there's an order to this horse shit. And I'm just like, that is so true. I have never heard a more truer statement in any TV show ever. That right there is just, it's its amazing. Now, a couple of things that I do wish that they would kind of improve on going forward. Uh, I wish they would explain the, the potions that he drinks. Like, look, I play the games, so I i mean, I know what they, what they do and what they're there for. But when you are creating a tv series you're doing it for people that are not necessarily like experts on all of the material okay i mean you're you're making the show for people that have not read the books and or played the games so you need to kind of dive into some of these things and i feel like that's something that they're really really lacking in some of these episodes yeah they're kind of building lore here and there but honestly the lore is just it's just dragging in these first four episodes. Yeah, like I said, they've kind of done it. They've kind of done it here and there, but for the most part, they're just not really explaining anything. They're kind of just setting up the pieces of the puzzle for all these characters to kind of conjoin. I mean, they're they're kind of explaining who some of these characters are, but as far as like the monsters, the potions, the the backstory of the Witchers, or or anything like that, they're just really just kind of just grazing the surface of that and I wish they would just dive into it a little bit more. I mean, hell, give me a lore-heavy episode where, I mean, not like exposition dumps or anything like that, but give me something where, something I can chew on, you know? Something that will get me more excited more for this world that I'm, that I'm experiencing right now because right now, it's just this bland world honestly, and that's one of the biggest issues, not the biggest issue, but it's one of the biggest issues that I have with the show up to this point is, yeah, the show is, it's about monsters and whatnot, but it's more about the people than the monsters, and I, look, I want to I want to see some Monster of the Week 
kind of crap here while also developing these characters. I, I, I don't think that's unfair to say. I mean, what was it, a few episodes ago, the episode two, that was like, man, this is a, such a great episode. And it was revolved around him killing a monster, or not even killing a monster, but breaking a curse. And I want more of that. And I don't think that's wrong for me to for me to say that. And then one other thing that I'm kind of having issue with up to this point is outside of Geralt and Yennefer, they are not developing any of these characters. The Nilfgaard villain dude, do we even know his name? If we do, I don't know it. And that's four episodes in, guys. Like, I, I don't know where this series is going with as far as that goes at this point. I mean, I've seen the first season altogether. But up to this point, we don't really know what his intentions are, why he wants Siri, or who he even is. Like, he's just a dude with a face. No name, no nothing. They have just completely disregarded that character, that villain, and they've just strictly focused on Geralt and Yennefer, which is not a bad thing, because when they do focus on those two, they do a really great job of it, and those are two of the best characters in the show up to this point. But then you have Siri. you're trying to make this this forked path where they join at the very end and Siri's just kind of getting left behind honestly you're like not developing that whatsoever so honestly those are the two biggest issues I want more lore and I want more development of of Siri and of, of the villains I want to know who they are and what their intentions are what why they're going after Siri those types of things uh, and then one last thing that I'll say about this episode is the law of surprise and Geralt's reaction that's like top five Top five moments in the series up to this point where he's just like, fuck. And it was just great acting and it was just well-timed, honestly. I, I absolutely loved, loved that moment. But we do get that that reason behind of why Siri is looking for Geralt. And that is because she is the law of surprise, which uh, Calanthe told her to go look for him. And it, it, it all kind of makes sense now. But now we need to know where these three characters are heading. We know why they're trying to join up, but where are they going from there? So that would be something I'm definitely most interested in uh, in subsequent episodes moving forward. And then moving on to episode 5, which is titled Bottled Appetites. In 1256, seven years after the events of the feast, uh, Geralt and Dandelion discover a djinn and accidentally release it. Initially, it seems that Dandelion is the Jinn's master, but then he falls seriously ill. Geralt seeks help from the nearest healer, the elf uh, Sheridan, but since they need a mage to heal Dandelion, he reluctantly refers them to Yennefer. Although Yennefer cures Dandelion, her plan is to use him to capture the Jinn and force it to grant her wish of regaining her fertility. As Dandelion uses his last wish, nothing happens, and it is revealed that it is Geralt, not Dandelion, who has actually gained the wishes. Geralt realizes the djinn will kill Yennefer, so he uses his third and final wish to save her, but the wish itself is not revealed. The djinn uh, leaves, now free and safe. Yennefer asks what his third wish was, but Geralt falls asleep after they have sex without answering. And in 1263 old villain dude who has not been named yet, uh, hires a Doppler to assume the identity of Mausak. The Doppler copies his physical form and memories and then kills him. Uh, later, uh, Siri is allowed to stay in the Brokolon forest, but Mausak arrives and requests Siri and Dara leave with him. 
So I ended up giving this episode an 8 out of 10. It honestly feels like a filler episode, but I feel like all the stuff within this episode is is very entertaining. It's engaging, and I like where they were going with the story. Now they added another monster to the uh, to the mix, a gin. Now I wish they would have kind of explained maybe the backstory of what a gin is and like what they are, what they do, where they come from, you know, whatever. How they how did he end up in this this particular river or stream or whatever? You know, what what are the circumstances behind this monster? Okay. I feel like they should have dived into that a little bit, and they just didn't. And so my previous critique of the last episode of they're just not diving into the lore of, of this world with the monsters and the potions and the witchers and whatnot, they're continuing to do that. So that's just a huge critique up to this point that I just want more. I just want more of it. Stop giving me shit with Siri, okay? It, what, what What is ever going on with her? I'm just, I don't care. Because her storyline is just, it's just so boring and uninteresting. I, I don't feel engaged. Whenever she's on screen, I'm looking at other things. I'm looking at my watch. I'm maybe trying to look at Facebook for a few minutes while that whole storyline's going on. I just don't care about her character. They have really, really just dropped the ball on her, on her character uh, in these first five episodes. And it's really kind of just overall disappointing. Uh, especially with how cool she is in the game and whatnot, and you get to play with her as uh, play as her character in The Witcher 3. But through the first five episodes, I gotta say, the whole Yennefer Geralt storylines are the absolute best. The series storyline should, should be much better, but it's not, considering it's at the center of the main plot. Like, she is at the center of all this, and everything's just kind of branching off her, and they're just not doing a good job with her. Now, I get the show's called The Witcher, but... I mean, if you're going to put her in there, you might as well, you might as well just develop her and you're not doing that whatsoever. So up to this point, uh, my biggest critique is the series storyline. And then right underneath that continues to be the lore of, of the world of the witchers, of the potions of the monsters and whatnot. And then in this episode, we get the orgy scene like WTF. You, you watch it and you're like, bruh, this is a, this is like the biggest orgy scene I have ever seen in my life. And it's kind of hilarious, actually. And this is where Geralt finally meets Yennefer. We also get the iconic bath scene in this particular episode. I am really, really loving the uh, the chemistry between Yin and Geralt. Really enjoy their banter back and forth. So much textual tension. Like you just, they just look at each other, and you're like, "Bruh, y'all want to fuck so hard, like right now, y'all want to fuck." Like I'm not even saying that's about the characters. I'm talking about like Henry Cavill and the actress. Like they just want to do each other. Totally. But overall, I do find the episode uh, very entertaining and no surprise there when they kind of involve a, a monster, a mysterious monster that Geralt is trying to, to hunt slash kill or whatever, get rid of. And it's no surprise. I find those storylines to be the most interesting up to this point. So that is kind of why I kind of like this episode a little bit more. But I think if you're looking at this in terms of plot development and whatnot, Really, the only thing this episode kind of does to service the entire story is meeting the meeting of Yennefer and Geralt. That is really the biggest thing as far as the main plot line goes that happens in this story. I mean, could they have done that in the last episode? Yeah, probably. I mean, did this episode even need to happen? Probably not. But the main thing that it does do 
is developing that Yennefer and Geralt relationship. And that's about the biggest thing that happens in this particular episode. I think if you just remove that, this episode is not needed whatsoever. And then moving on to episode 6, Rare Species. In 1262, Geralt and Dandelion are invited to join a dragon hunt by the adventurer Borsch and his two bodyguards. Uh, Yennefer also joins the party along with a band of dwarves and reavers, professional uh, monster hunters, basically. Uh, after camping overnight, the party find the reavers have departed. The dwarves take the party to a mountain shortcut, uh, but the bridge collapses. Borsch's group sacrifices themselves rather than endanger the party. Uh, Geralt and Yennefer reconcile before reaching the dragon's den, but find it dead with uh, the, the bodyguards uh, guarding the dragon's egg. Borsch reveals himself as the uh, golden dragon, the myth of the episode. The five of them defend the egg from the Reavers. Geralt reveals to Yennefer his third wish, bound their fates together. Believing her feelings to be artificial, Yennefer breaks off their fledging relationship with him and leaves. Angered and hurt, Geralt blames Dandelion for his misfortunes and hopes that they never meet again. And in 1263, Dara uh, grows suspicious of Mousesack, so Ciri questions him and the Doppler reveals himself. In the scuffle, Dara is knocked out as Ciri escapes, but is captured by uh, the old villain dude. Uh, Ciri reveals itself as the Doppler and fights old villain dude uh, before escaping. Dara frees the real Ciri, but fearing for his own safety... He leaves her. So the biggest issue that I have with this particular episode is... Well, I say biggest issue. There's two things. Honestly, the the plot line, the overall story with Geralt going on this little side mission to hunt a dragon, I have mentioned up to this point that I love anything to do with the monsters. This one is just super, super uninteresting whatsoever. The only thing that I loved about this particular, uh, I guess submission, subquest, side quest, whatever you want to call it, uh, for Geralt is the development or destruction of that relationship between Yennefer and Geralt. I I don't really care for any of the characters that they kind of bring into it. Uh, Borsch, don't care about that guy. Bodyguards, I don't even remember their names. All the other characters, the, the dwarves and the reavers, they're just so boring and just kind of just throwaway characters I don't really care about any of them whatsoever. So they don't really help elevate that storyline for me personally. So that's really what holds this episode back. And then also, I I might be saying something controversial. I don't know. I don't know if it's a hot take or whatever. There's just something about Dandelion that I don't like. And I don't know if it's the actor or if it's the writing. I'm not 100% sure. But like half of what he says, I'm just like, oh, this is kind of cringeworthy, honestly. And then some other things that he will say to to Geralt or whatever, I'm like, oh, that was actually kind of clever. So I I think it's the writing that's really just throwing me off with him, and what it's just something I don't like of that character. Uh, so they're kind of just struggling in that department for me. Uh, the writing is very uneven throughout each episode. Sometimes it's like, oh man, this is like really really great. This could be comparable to Game of Thrones. And then at other times you're watching it and you're like. Ooh, this seems like a like a parody of Game of Thrones. Like they're just ripping it off, and like it it, it reminds me of like if I went and made my own Game of Thrones story. Look, I'm not very good at writing, so the writing wouldn't be very good. That's kind of what I would compare it to. It's just like it's just some kind of fan fiction person trying to take over Game of Thrones at times. So the writing is very uneven. Uh, 
not just this episode, it's just all the episodes in general. The addition of Mousak to series plotline has made it better. And up to this point, like I've said, the the monsters and whatnot have really elevated the series when they when they're kind of the focal point of the episode and they kind of just make this the the plot and the uh, the character development around those particular monsters. I, I think the episodes work the best. Uh, this episode is the exact opposite. I don't find the uh, the golden dragon hunt to be very interesting whatsoever. And I actually find the series stuff very interesting in this episode. The addition of Mousak just really, really elevated that whole storyline for me. And I hope, uh, especially after this episode, I'm hoping that series storyline is better from here on out. I, I hated the Brokolon Forest stuff. The, uh, the When she was in that village at the very beginning of the season, it was just kind of, eh, it was just kind of boring. I'd rather just do, I'd rather do anything else with my time, right? Brooklyn Force, I absolutely hate that storyline. Absolutely hate it. And I thought it went on for way too long. I don't see how it added anything to her character and the development of her. Uh, but that's just me personally. The cave fight in this episode was pretty decent with the sword fights. Uh, I thought the whole telepathic golden dragon thing, it just, I don't know if it, I think it was execution, honestly. Because it looks dumb and kind of silly, how, how it happens. So, for me... Anything with the Golden Dragon, I just disliked. And uh, as far as the last couple things I want to say about this particular episode, I, I do like the Geralt and Yennefer conflict between her wanting a baby and then Geralt abandoning his uh, child surprise. I, I like the dichotomy between these two characters at this point. You got one on, you know, you got Yennefer who is now just wants the, the option to have a baby. Okay? She may not necessarily have a baby, but she wants that choice back. Uh, she feels like it got ripped from her. Whereas Geralt is on the other side and he has a child technically, but he wants nothing to do with her. Like he wants to abandon her. He has abandoned her up to this point. Like he realizes that he would not be a great father and he doesn't want to raise a child in this horseshit of a life. So I think I, I do like the dichotomy of those two two opinions of what they're trying to go for with the with the storylines and whatnot. Uh, not a fan of the time jumps, though. Up to this point, we're not really sure what is when, okay? I, I'm getting all these times through Wikipedia. I could be completely wrong with, with, the, with, with the time frames of what everything is happening. But not a fan of the time jumps because Yen and Geralt just all of a sudden met. I mean, we jumped from one episode, what was it, episode uh, four? We went 30 years on Yennefer's storyline without even knowing it. And it was just a throwaway, throwaway line that she was like, for the last 30 years, you've been doing this. I mean, if you weren't paying attention, you would have never known that was to happen. And then we have this episode where she's talking. It, it, the way they talk to each other, it makes it seem like they've had multiple run-ins over the years. I mean, they have the last wish, which is tied their fates together, and they keep coming back to each other. And she even mentions that. She's like, wow, we keep running into each other. This is literally the second time that we have seen them run into each other. So the way she makes it seem is, no, they've been doing this several times over the course of several years. So I, I'm not a huge fan of the time jumps uh, up to this point. 
I gave this episode a 7.5. Honestly, the biggest chunk of the episode is devoted to the uh, the Golden Dragon, and I feel like that is what kind of holds it back uh, for me personally. So going forward, 7 and 8, I honestly, I don't remember much of what happens in these last couple episodes. I did remember the Golden Dragon episode. I did remember the Jin episode and, and all that. So I, I vaguely remembered these episodes. It's 7 and 8 that it's almost going to be like a fresh rewatch for me because I just don't remember it whatsoever. But next week I will be doing that review. So go ahead and watch episodes 7 and 8 and get ready for that final review. At the end of that uh, particular episode, I will discuss the entire season as a whole, what I liked, what I didn't like, and give you my final score of the season before I jump into Season 2. But guys, I appreciate y'all joining me for this review of The Witcher Season 1. I'll catch y'all next time on another episode. Laters.